Uh, we're in Hebrews this morning, so if you've got a Bible, um, open it up or turn it on. And um, we're in the second of our uh, Welcome to the Family series. Last week we introduced this series with grace. Our welcome to the family is all grace. Um, from start to finish, it is grace. Forgiveness, inclusion, children of God, all because of Jesus, from him to us is grace. And this week and next week, we're looking at what it is to live in that grace in our relationships with the people around us, within our families, within, within the church family and uh, beyond that. And today we're looking at this whole area of serving. <laughs> the grace given uh, to us to prompt us and to empower us to serve each other. How does God's grace to me prompt me to serve the church family? Why does God's free and undeserved grace to us result in desire to turn up and work for the benefit of others? Our main text this morning is from Hebrews chapter 6. We're starting at verse 10. I'm in the NIV today because it renders this verse better. Um, so Hebrews 6 verse 10, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you've shown him as you've helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. What stands out to you? When you, when you see that whole, those three verses there, what's the, what grabs you? most try and unpack most of it we're going to start with this what what is it that we're doing here what is what is he calling the people of God to do here um, verse 10 as you have what as you have helped his people and continue to help them the word helped in the NIV there um, in the new living it's rendered caring for other believers um, as you still do, and in the New American Standard, which I use to cross-reference, it's clunky, but it is more literal in its interpretation of each word. Um, it has having ministered and in still ministering to the saints, the word really is serve. It's better translated serve. The only other place it finds its um, home in the New Testament is in 1 Peter 4. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. So that's what we're doing. We're helping his people in an ongoing way. In fact, back in the, Hebrew, in the text in Hebrews, we see in verse 11 and 12 that the writer here anticipates that we'll need encouragement for future serving too. <laughs> we want each of you to show this same diligence. Diligence in what? In serving and helping God's people. For how long? Till retirement. No. To the very end. To the very end. We don't want you to become lazy. We want you to imitate the faith and the patience of those who came before. So that's what we're doing here. We're serving. We're helping God's people. And we're, we're ongoing helping God's people. And we're persisting in that diligently with faith and patience until the very end. This feeling like grace yet? And here's the next question from this text for me. How is this an issue of God's justice? Did you see that at the start? God is not unjust. Semicolon. There's no semicolons in Greek. It literally, you know, God is not so unjust as to forget the work. Um, 
What do you think that means? Is it saying that we can earn something, that our work obliges God to reward us? Is it a justice issue that we would serve, that we would faithfully turn up, that we would put in for the sake of others and God would be obliged to remember that and so um, have to kind of give us something for that as an issue of, of justice? It doesn't sound like grace to me. So what does it mean? By the way, it's very easy to get that kind of mindset. Uh, I've earned this. I've served. I deserve preference over others because of my giving and my blood and my sweat and my years and my money into this work. Surely God is obliged to remember my work. Um, But if I'm going to appeal to God's justice on the basis of my work, how's that going to go? Anywhere. <laughs> if I'm going to go to God and say, God, I need justice for, what I, for, for my worth and for what I've put in here. That's, that's, not a very, that's an ugly scene. If you read the prophet Habakkuk, just three, um, three small chapters, you'll get all of the answers you need about um, God and justice and us. When a prophet says, God, this is unjust. I want justice. And God says, do you really want justice? I'll show you justice. I'm going to bring justice. And Habakkuk goes, oh, can I just get some mercy? (laughs) Um, It's just not the best strategy is what I'm saying to demand some sort of reward for service from God. That's That's not what the justice issue is here. Um, so God's not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you've shown him as you've helped his people and continue to help them. That's interesting, isn't it? The love you've shown him as you've helped his people. So um, when you help, when you serve, you're loving God. Uh, Serving is showing love for God. Loving God results in serving his people. You can't separate those two things. They happen uh, together. Remember Jesus said, when he was asked, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Um, And just to emphasize that, when the guy goes, who's my neighbor? Jesus says, wrong question. Be that person. Who's the neighbor? Because love isn't discriminated on the basis of the recipient. Love comes from us to others. It's God's love that's unconditional. So love for God results in serving his people. Um, And all through the New Testament. The New Testament writers emphasize this. Peter, Paul, James, John. It's, it's absolutely true that loving God is loving people and that loving people is loving God and it's all love and it all comes from God and it's all grace, free and undeserved. And that's here in this text, but it's not the emphasis of this text. The statement here is explaining why God is not unjust. So again, in the NASB, it's helpful. Like I said, it, um, if you're just going to read one version... I wouldn't recommend it because it's it's clunky in grammar and it's um, hard to get the feel of it, which is why I like the New Living. But sometimes uh, the NIV and the New Living, they they just miss bits that are important and this is one of them. For God God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown towards his name by having served and still serving the saints. It's very clearly there the love that you have shown to his name. What obliges God's justice is not my work. God's justice is drawn to what? His name. Where was God's justice satisfied? 
on the cross. When God poured out all of his wrath against sin on his own son and paid for me and you. That's, that's justice. That's God's justice. Um, he's not unjust. He's going to remember his name he's, and the work that we did in his name and the trust that we had in his name and the people that we loved in his name. Here's what God is doing. He's saving people. He's forgiving us. He's moving us to love and serve. He's loving and serving people through us. And it's only right that he honors that. Here's what he won't forget. His grace to us. The worth of his holiness and the sacrifice of Jesus before us. God's justice is drawn to Jesus, to the worth of his name. When we pray, God, please move. Please move. We're not saying, God, can you fulfill my agenda that I have here? We're saying, God, your will here, your ways here, your kingdom here. Break through in this situation because we want more of you. We pray in Jesus' name. That's why we finished with Jesus' name. Amen. That's why it's such a it's such a clash when we go, God, give me what I want in Jesus' name. It doesn't, that's a um, Uh, when we get communion ready and we welcome at the door, we're not just hoping God notices us and rewards our work for us. Uh, we're, we're hoping that we and others are helped in the journey to trust Jesus. Uh, it's in his name. Uh, God's moving to bring life to us and others. It's all his grace and we're invited along. And our reward from um, God is wrapped up in the worth of his name. I, if you're not getting this, I'll try this. This quote from John Piper might help. I've actually got, I've got three quotes on my board upstairs. This is one of them that I love. If you plead God's value as the source of your hope instead of pleading your value as the source of God's hope, then his unwavering commitment to his own value engages all his heart for your protection and joy. You know what? <laughs> so God is valuable. Um, and... So if you plead his value, I'm in Christ. Um, I'm your child, God. Remember your child, um, God. And, and I want your will and ways. And, and I want you and I want your kingdom. And I want to give up what I used to want or myself. And I want what you want. I want your desires in my life. If you plead God's value, um, then it draws his protection and joy and reward and justice. If you plead your value, um, then as, as if God's going to you know, be added to because of something you've got to contribute, then you're in trouble. That's what he's saying there. Thank God that in Christ, in Christ, justice is wrapped up in grace. Uh, how are we rewarded for the work God does in us and through us? How is this grace free and undeserved? In 2 Thessalonians, Paul says it beautifully. 2 Thessalonians um, 1 verse 11. So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. So you feel this is God giving. God's going to enable you to live that life worthy. He's going to give you the power to accomplish all the things your faith prompts you to do. Then, then the name of our Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live. And you'll be honored along with him. Um, so we're in Christ again. This is all made possible, why? Because of the grace of our, uh, of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. 
So the encouragement here is to serve, to go on serving diligently until the very end. God won't forget that you believed him, that you trusted him, that you turned up to serve because of Jesus, that you, um, because you based your activity not on what yourself wanted, but what on, G- on what Jesus wanted uh, for you. So, why would we do this? I've left, it, left this bit till last because it's better. <laughs> why would do we do this? Why would we give our lives away? Serve our church family with all we have until the very end. Um, so that, um, there's a so that in this passage. Whenever you read a New Testament passage or any passage in the Bible and you see a so that, you go, just hang on to that. Look at it again because we tend to see the obligation. Oh, I'm supposed to do this now and I'm supposed to do that now and I'm wrong here and I'm right there. But it's better to look at this is why. So that. Uh, where is the so that in this passage? Verse 11, see it? So that what? So that the church will have enough volunteers. <laughs> uh, so that why? So that what you hope for can be fully realised. So that what you hope for may be realised. So that your hope may be realised. Whose hope? You, me, the one who serves. I want you to diligently keep on serving till the very end so that your hope, so that my hope can be fully realised. Do you believe that your best life involves diligently serving other believers all the way to the end? (laughs) Doesn't your heart do that? probably should but eh. maybe you're thinking I've done that I've done that for 20 years or more I've turned up and given and led and cared and invested my time into serving I have served at somebody else's turn can you hear the spirit here God is not unjust he will not forget your work and the love that you've shown him as you help his people and continue to help them We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. God isn't looking for a tally here. There's not not an amount we have to kind of reach. He's wanting something for our hearts. And when I was 19, um, I was at Wattle Park Chapel. I just got saved not very long ago and I was helping lead an outreach to kids in the eastern suburbs. That was culture shock for me. I was not um, used to that. I'd grown up in the country. Um, We weren't rich, but we were... um, like very conservative traditional values and all the people around me for most of my life um, had been that and then I was exposed to these kids on the street in this ministry that uh, we were thrown into. It was hard and different and challenging um, uh, and fun though. Uh, we spent hours listening to their stories, learning their struggles, teaching them about Jesus. Um, all those Friday nights and I was, I was young and naive and, you know, I only had a little bit of Jesus flowing through me at that point. Um, uh, but who was serving, is my question. Who was serving those young people? I was there, but which service actually mattered to those young people? Jesus. What, what went on forever, what lasts, what God's justice is drawn to, what, what reward there is, is only the bit in as much as I was letting Jesus prompt me to serve with his love and that they were receiving that. 
It's a miracle, you know. I've been a Christian for five minutes hardly. And Jesus is serving people. Serving. To their benefit and mine. In whose name do we serve? Paul says this in Colossians. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving God, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So, um, last night, uh, Dana's off for the long weekend. She organises our Sunday support teams. And she put on our staff chat, I've got one person to help on Sunday mornings. I've tried, I can't get any more. Um, and I can't do this because I'm supposed to be away. Over to you. She doesn't normally do that. That's a measure of how overwhelmed she was. And, and I thought, oh boy, because I don't even know who she's contacted. So I texted too many people because I thought maybe some of them can help. And they nearly all did. So we have a very full team this morning. <laughs> um, courtesy of this heart that just says, I want to serve. I love it. It's Jesus-like. Um, every time Amanda cares for a playgroup mum here, and she's doing some extraordinary... Jesus is doing extraordinary work through Amanda um, in our playgroups. Every time um, Brian turns up for our youth, every elders meeting, every care visit by Rex or Lois or Liz, every prayer session in Stella's house, every camp you've helped in, every time you've served, every study you've led, every activity you've helped in, every working bee, every team you've been part of here, you've served in the name of Jesus. At least the worthwhile thing about your service was the bit that was served in the name of Jesus. Out of love for Jesus, um, it's all grace. It's his grace to us, to others. We love because he first loved us. We forgive because he forgave us. We are generous because he is generous to us. We give because he has given to us. We serve because he serves us. Jesus is the servant and he wants us to be diligent in giving ourselves away for the sake of others so that we and they can all know him better. Our serving is ultimately for us. Sometimes we get in positions in church life where our serving is not for us because we're killing ourselves. You know, you're doing too much. And you've, you might even have lived that or been that or seen that um, where you're exhausting yourself and you think, what am I trying to earn here? What, this, is, this is now just um, pure obligation or pride or I don't know uh, what it is. That's unhealthy. Um, uh, like I said, Jesus is not after a tally of your activity. He wants your heart. And he wants to shift who you are and who I am. told you this before what's the most often uh, quoted statement of jesus like the thing that jesus says that the gospel writers record more times than any other six times in all four gospels if if you want to save your life you'll lose it um, if you try and keep your life in this world you you'll lose it but if you give it away for me you'll save it if you If you want to find your life, then you have to lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. Six times, four Gospels. Um, the most emphasized statement uh, of Jesus. And we still hear it like, oh, like it's onerous. When it's grace. It's a gift. Um, it's, a, it's a huge help for us becoming who Jesus wants us to be. 
so that what you hope for may be fully realized, what I hope for may be fully realized in my own person as I become more realized in Christ. And it's not just what I hope for in myself as I become someone who wants to serve, who instinctively um, cares about the needs of others, who is for others more than myself, who, who thinks about others' needs first. It's not just that that actualizes me, but, and it does. It's not just that that completes me, and it does. It's that it fosters a community where more people uh, are living that way. And in that way, my hope is more realized. This is heaven where people are selfless, where the whole community around us is selfless. We give ourselves away for the sake of others and they give themselves away for the sake of us too. And so we receive, um, we find our life because we lose it. And the more people of that community, and you've experienced that in church life too, the more people of that heart, um, the more we find what we're looking for in community. And that's what I hope for, Jesus, that he would shift me until my motives are aligned with his, that he would shift you and this whole church family towards trusting and welcoming his heart for selfless service to others. So let me ask you again, do you believe that your best life involves diligently serving other believers all the way to the end? It's an issue again of trust. Do we trust his way? Do we trust his way or ours? Uh, lots of ways you can serve. I don't want to major on that. We're coming out of lockdown, so all our teams are starting again. So now you don't have to serve here, but if you want to serve here, uh, there's lots of ways. Uh, our media team, if you're gifted in that space, April's like, yes, get help with the media team. That'd be good. Our kids' church teams, the Sunday support teams, Dana's trying to recruit um, our teams back again. That's not hard for anyone to do. It just means you've got to turn up here a little early and stay a little later. Um, uh, cafe volunteers, our youth team, the after-school programs I've mentioned before, um, playgroups, there is so much need in that space. And like I said, Amanda's doing beautiful work there and we could fill that building every morning if we had the volunteers to do that. Um, care teams, prayer groups. But, and let me say this, service isn't limited to affinity. That is, I'm just waiting for the right space for me. Um, service is God to us, to others. Service is a heart that just wants to. Um, some things are better suited to us. Like I, I would not serve my brothers and sisters by singing here. They would not be service to you. <laughs> um, uh, or if something needed fixing. You know, if something needs fixing and it's important, then probably I'm not going to serve you by being the one to try and fix that. Um, and some of you would not serve us if you had to do what I do here either and it's not because we're any less it's just we're gifted differently and move differently and prompted uh, differently um, so there are you know there are things that you do can do and can't do in the body but service doesn't come from those things service comes from God to us to others the heart to serve um, will not be thwarted if you want to serve if God prompts you to serve you'll find a way to serve and I want to echo the call of Jesus here as we close so we write it to the Hebrews, help his people, help his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. Let's pray. Uh, 
And Father, everything that is from you in this, embed in our hearts and shift us. All the grace that you want to pour into our lives, Jesus, help us to receive it. Let it find fertile ground in our hearts. Uh, Lord, when you, the, the, you know how you want good for us. You want the right thing for us. You want uh, our hope to be realized, what we really need, what we really long for. Deep in our hearts, you want to you move us to that. So all of that that's happening right now in people's hearts, God, just um, help people to humble themselves, help me to humble myself, help us to trust you, uh, and help us to rejoice in this grace to us of service. In Jesus' name, amen.